This is The Junk Project, a podcast about the mental, emotional, and physical junk that we carry in our business and life, along with practical ways to get rid of it. And now, here's your host, Michelle Hill. Hey, welcome to The Junk Project. I'm your host, Michelle Hill. And today we have the awesome opportunity to be joined with our guest, Scott Paulson. Hey, Scott, how's it going? It's another day in paradise. You know, I I love it here in Houston, Texas. We had some storms earlier today, but now the sun is out. The birds are chirping and it is absolutely beautiful. It's one of those rare 75 degree days. (laughs) That's beach weather there, I think. (laughs) I don't know. That's right. That's right. You know, I've got all sorts of friends who say, why can't we have this kind of weather every day? Yeah. My reply to them is, well, because then we'd get a million more people living here and all the houses would be, you know, two million dollars and they'd call it San Diego. <laughs> I know people are like move, moving to, to uh, Dallas, Fort Worth. And I'm like, please stop. We don't we oh have traffic gosh. problems now. Stop. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Do you, you tell me about it. You know, it's like half a half of uh, California just upped and moved to Texas. And yeah. My, my biggest thing is, you know, when, when I first moved to Houston, which was in 1994, that's when I graduated from college and I moved to Houston and I've been here every, ever since. When people cut us off on the, in the freeway, they'd wave. So you, Thank <laughs> you. And it's like, okay. That kind of stopped about five years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. But now I see more fingers than I see waves. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, don't California my Texas, man. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. I haven't been to a, Houston or Galveston, wow, in like 20 years. So, yeah, Galveston's a, a lot different. I, I've heard a little bit. Uh, I haven't heard it's been great. Beaches aren't mm. that nice, but yeah, it's been a long time. Um, yeah. Long when time. I when I want to hit the Gulf Coast, I, I drive the extra distance down to Corpus. I go down there, and it's, um, it's what Galveston really used to be maybe about 20, 25 years ago, yeah. what Galvin dreamed of being 25 years ago. So yeah. that's... That's where I go for the beach now. It's worth the it's worth the extra drive. Right. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, Michelle, first of all, thanks for having me on. It is a great pleasure and a great honor. And um, I am the founder of Paulson Coaching and the Sales Sherpa methodology, the Sales Sherpa program. And what I do is I help small business owners, uh, independent consultants, solopreneurs. Uh, convert more of their leads on which they've spent all, you know, a lot of money and effort to generate. I help them convert more of those into paying customers. Nice. In a nutshell. Yeah, that, that paying customers are good. You know, they help. <laughs> oh, yeah. It keeps, keeps the world uh, going around, right? Yeah, well, I've had a few, you know, ironically go, uh, can you do this for free? Uh, no. Do you work for free? No, that's called volunteering. Uh, no, I'm not volunteering. Right. So That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get that too. You know, it's very, and, and, you know, it, it, it's, it's so easy for people who have like, you know, uh, uh, that servant kind of mentality yeah. who have a bigger heart to just say, well, yeah, I can, I, I, I can help. Yeah. And, and we all want to help in some way, shape yeah. or form. But at the end of the day, you know, the best way to help others is to get paid for what we're doing so that we continue to be around to right. help others. Right. And, and that's this is one of the things that I talk about in, in a, a lot of our sales training. Um, one of the biggest problems that I have to, to help overcome with my customers is discounting. 
you know, they get a little bit of customer resistance, you know, about the price. Can you do this for free? Can you at least discount it? And, you know, again, being some people who are so eager to just get the business or to help somebody out. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'll discount it, whatever, 10, 20, 30%. I'll do it for half price. I just want to get the business. You know, my, my, we were talking about calendars early. My calendar is wide open. Let, Let me just fill it up, you know, by discounting a little bit. Um, but that does us a disservice yeah. and that does our customers a disservice because we, every time we interact with a potential customer or customer, we are setting their expectations and to put it succinctly, we're training them in what mm-hmm. to expect from us. And so if we train them to expect discounts from us, we're hurting ourselves, number one, but we're also hurting them because they're not getting the full value. They're not experiencing the full value of the service that we provide or the, the product that we're delivering. So one thing that, that I do to try to help sales professionals overcome this discounting uh, mentality is building up their sense of value. And a lot of salespeople, believe this or not, really hold our own profession, hold sales in, in low regard. You know, what yeah. do you think of when I say salesperson? Yeah. You, you yeah. got the picture of the used car salesman or, you know, in a cheap tweed suit or something like that, you know, a shyster, a snake oil kind of salesperson, whatnot. Yeah. Well, a lot of salespeople kind of carry that connotation as well. And they discount the value that they bring to the relationship with their customers. And there's a lot of value that, you know, you bring to your customers, right? So I'll, I'll kind of turn a question back on you. What is the biggest value that you bring to your customers? What we do, and this is what I explain with my customers, because you're going to have people who are cheaper than us, or if you're comparing us to a dumpster, and the value that we bring is, you know, we're going to show up. We are showing up to do the job uh, no matter what. And we... um, the entire process you know we'll continue to communicate with the customer you know sometimes the customer's not on site and the stuff is outside or you know maybe it's inside and the customers lives out of town and they need the house cleaned up and so we communicate with the customer and hey you know this is where we're at this is what we've got left uh i'll constantly send them pictures let them know the update and you know because to me communication is is key i want to know yeah. What's going on? And are you done? I mean, is this going to be a two day project? You know, and sometimes you don't know until you get in there. And so I like to let the customers know, you know, constantly what's going on and hey, all right, we, ha- we had a little trouble with this or whatever. And yeah. so um, and, and it's funny because we've had some customers that uh, maybe have no problem paying two thousand dollars for a removal and, and they're poor. Or, or they don't have much money, you know, if you look at their house, okay, I'm, I'm going to compare their house, because I don't know how they are. But their house is dilapidated, right? And okay. they'll pay that. And then you go to a rich person and beautiful house, and they're like, no, that's too high, high, expensive. But then I've had the same thing reversed. I've had, you know, people say, oh, um, you know, rich people don't mind paying it. And so it is about value. And it's uh-huh. about yeah. what you're willing to pay because uh i'm not joe bob on the street you know gonna do right. such a crappy job or you know um stalk your house or anything weird or whatever you know the kind of people you really don't want driving by your house uh-huh. you know um and, and so like i had i had a customer a few years ago she sent a picture of a pile of brush you know like tree limbs and stuff okay well for one 
is very difficult to estimate off a pile, right? And yeah. so I've been a picture. Yeah. Yeah. So so I'll sometimes I'll just bid high. I'll I'd rather bid high than low. So anyway, uh, I bid it at like 275 and she had a guy come by and bid at $50. And I said, okay, but she's really mad at me, right? So she sends me a letter and says, I'm too expensive and I shouldn't be gouging. And I said, okay, well, let me ask you this. Um, the cheapest dump is $35, okay? And that's in Dallas and you're in Arlington. So you're about 30, 40 minutes. Um, that doesn't account for his gas or his labor or his time, or his taxes, if he pays it, uh, right, right. much, or does it count for his insurance? Um, and then- If he has it. Yeah, and then uh, commercial insurance, which you gotta have. So uh, I don't see where he's gonna do it, but dump it on the side of the road, there you go. Um, she, did, she didn't say anything else. So that's what we bring. You know, okay. we, don't, we don't bring what that guy just brought. We bring- right the safety and security and the, you know, um, the insurance. Peace of mind. I mean, there's, there's mind. peace of mind with that too, right? Yeah. I mean that, Hey, what, what, what I'm getting rid of is not going to end up in somebody's ditch or in some, you know, community that's already living right. like a trash dump anyways. Cause we got, you know, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but we've got a problem in Houston and I'm, I'm sure the same thing around Dallas, Yeah, you know, different communities that just end up being dumps. People yeah. go and just dump their trash there. And, and the people who live there, I mean, what are they supposed to do about it? Yeah. Now, now yeah. If, a, if a homeowner is fine with that, not worried about it, then that's on their conscience. And, you know, fantastic yeah. to save $125, or in this case, I guess, $225. Yeah. Uh, that's what they sold their conscience for, you know? And, so yeah. you were mentioning to me earlier, um, and I, I want to add to your value discussion here. You okay. were you were describing to me about that staircase, mm -hmm. how you know this huge staircase that you had to take a, a curved staircase you had to take out of a customer's home, yeah. And it was just you, and the person was, you know, all concerned. Well, are you going to be able to do it? And you said, well, you know, if if, you, if you're okay with me being here for two hours to do, yeah. to to you know just tear it out. And there was one thing that you mentioned that that has stuck with me is you took it apart piece by piece by piece. So little pieces of glass, dust and splinters wouldn't be all throughout their carpet or throughout their house. Right. That's kind of, that, that's a high level of care. Yeah. Now yeah. tell me that that uh, Billy Bob who yeah. did the $50 job would come in there and do the same kind of care and have that kind of same, you know, concern for yeah. their customer's house. Yeah. And it, well, and ironically, I, I get that a lot. So one of my favorite customers, right? It was a big job and my guy did not show up. I was supposed to have help on this job and here I am promoting my business. And so my guy did not show up. I don't call and say, okay, I, my guy didn't show up for work today. We can't come yeah. take care of your removal because here I am promoting that I can do your job. So mm -hmm. I show up and I mean, immediately he goes, you can't do this. I go, wait a minute. Uh, did you not just hire me to do this? And he goes, yeah, but you can't do this. And I, and I knew what he was, you know, implying. Uh, I said, uh, I tell you what, here's what we're going to do. If I can't do this job, I will hire my competition to come take care of it for me. Right. And I will throw in a hundred dollars for you for the inconvenience of having to do this. I said, but if I can do the job, you will pay my bid. You will add another hundred dollars too for my inconvenience uh -oh. that you caused me. Okay. And he goes, he goes, no, I'm not doing that. 
And I go, why not? He goes, because if you bet on yourself, I know you're going to win. I said, you're damn straight. Can I get started now? <laughs> Never had a problem. So, you know, there you go. That's confidence right there. You know, that's yeah. the kind of confidence you take to a job that you're going to get it done and get it done right. Correct. That's it. I mean, it's, it's coming with me one way or another. And, you know, it's just funny because I'm five foot. So I get it. Uh, I look at, you know, people the same. I'm like, oh, I don't know. You know, and then I'm surprised, too. So I get it. But uh, I'm definitely determined. And so um, when people see that, that, hey, wow, you know, in fact, I have another customer this Friday, the same thing. She's she was worried about uh, if I could do the job or not. So I have a uh -huh. 30 or 20 second clip of me loading a refrigerator by myself. And she Holy goes, cow. yeah, and she goes, OK, you got it. So I know you can take care of this job because she's like, I don't wow. know if you can handle some of the heavy stuff. I send her that clip. She goes, yeah, you got it. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. All right. So so let me ask you this. How long have you been in this business, in the junk removal business? And, and what got you into it in the first place? So I, I like how this uh, has switched into a different podcast. You're asking me questions. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested. <laughs> I'm interested. I want to know about your business. All right. So I've been in this business eight years. And, and my joke is I'm not uh, educated. I mean, and meaning I didn't go to college. Okay. Okay. Well, that so, just means you don't have a degree. doesn't mean you're not educated. No. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm physical labor is uh, or manual labor is uh, my expertise, right? I'm, I'm good uh, at that. So before I got into junk removal, I was driving 18 wheelers and delivering fuel in the DFW wow. area. Okay. And so I love, I just, I love physical labor uh, most of the time, you know, Okay. Uh, there's times I'm like, I really don't want to do anything, but I do love it. So I wanted to find something, not only that was physical and I could get dirty and not worry about it because staying clean is just doesn't work for me. I right. wanted okay. something that I really could help people with in, you know, when they feel like they got, they got something they want to get rid of and they can't get rid of it or they don't know how. And, you know, maybe they don't want some big bulky guy coming in their house, you know, yeah. um, some big burly sweaty fella. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stinky dude. <laughs> right. So, you know, I wanted to offer something that, um, to let people know that, you know, we, we are reliable. Um, uh -huh. we are accountable. We will take care of your property. We'll take care of you. We can take these things out, you know, anything that, you know, when you have um, a lot of stuff or even if you just have a few things and you know how it is, you know, maybe you're getting a new yeah. couch and you're like, I don't know how to get rid of this couch. I can't move it. Um, I don't uh -huh. have the strength to move it, nor, or maybe I just don't have the people to help move it. So, you you know, you, it causes stress and anxiety and depression and frustration. And that's what I, I'm that problem solver right there. We get rid of all okay. that for you. So, okay. Well, I guess you have to, you have to be pretty creative in how you remove it because you, you don't have, um, how should I phrase this properly? You don't have the big muscle power from the way yeah. that it sounds. Well, okay. and it's funny because sometimes I do have help and, and we'll go to remove a couch and the guys are like, I don't, I don't know how to get it out. Or, you know, it, you were struggling to get it out. I'm like, I can tell you this right now. The house was not built around this. So it uh, got in here somehow. It's true. coming out. Right? right. So, you know, when you start talking like that, then they're like, oh, okay, let's find some other ways. It just makes people think because they, yeah. you know, you got to open that. You think out of the box sometimes. I mean, yeah. sometimes I'll get those uh, sleeper couches, is the ones with the beds in them. 
Oh, those things are heavy. Oh, yeah. So I take them apart. I mean, that's how I solve that problem. Well, I guess it's being thrown away anyways. It's being discarded. So what does it matter if it's in one piece or in 20 pieces, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the only way. I mean, I can physically get it out because sometimes it's just too heavy. So, yeah, I'll just sit there and take it apart, you know. Takes there me a little go. longer, customers. A little, little, little out of the box thinking, right? Yeah, yeah. There's always a way. Okay. It, it might not be what I want to do or the solution uh-huh. I'm looking for, right? But right. it's the solution and it works, and I run with it. So, oh, very cool. So, tell me, do you um do you service like the entire DFW area? I mean, that's a large area. What what is your area of operation? It, as far out as they're willing to pay. <laughs> okay, you got mileage, and now with gas, it, what it is, you know. There you go. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not franchised because I started this company, so mm, I have no limitations. Yeah. Okay. At this point. And what about what about your customers? I mean, how do you find your customers? Is it marketing? Or do you have a sales team? Is it word of mouth? How are you getting your leads and getting your your customers? Um. So uh, I've been doing this eight years. So the majority of my customers are repeat customers or okay. referrals. Okay. And um, I get a few new ones here and there. I guess they, you know, I ask and all I get is like the internet. So I don't know. I guess they find me on the internet. <laughs> so okay. I'm working on redoing my website right now to do uh-huh. more organic. Um, I do pay for leads with some companies. Um, and that's like how on I an Angie's some- list. I guess it's now. Angie's. It's not Angie's yeah. anymore. Yeah. I don't okay. do them, but there's other companies okay. that, yeah, I work with. And, uh, um, but a lot of it for, for eight years is just mainly repeat customers and, and referrals. So well, yeah. Nice. I, take, I mean, if you get a lot of repeat business, that means you must be doing something right. <laughs> that it, It's a huge compliment. We had a, our commercial customer call us 50 times last year. So, oh, wow. Yeah. That's, 50. that's a, that's a compliment. Counted yeah. That's like invoices. once a week. Yeah. Wow. It was busy. So yeah, I, I love our, I love our customer. I love all of them. They're awesome. So okay. They're amazing. But I'm going to turn this around back on you now. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like how that got flipped, but it was really good. <laughs> really good. So how, how do you get your customers? <laughs> well, so I, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I'll be, I'll be very candid and blunt about this. The world changed in many ways a couple of years ago, uh, you know, the pandemic centering around yeah. the pandemic, pre-pandemic. And I launched, I launched Paulson coaching. Um, oh, it was after Thanksgiving of 2019. So it was during December. I was really, con- I, I had, I had been working with uh, a company that does uh, workplace personality assessments based here in Houston. Great company, but they brought in a new executive. Um, they got rid of the president who hired me to come in and build a B2B sales team. And they brought in somebody else and that person wanted to go a different direction. And even though my sales team was doing a great job at doubled sales in two years, they wow. said, nope, we're headed in a different direction. You and your team, you're gone. And I was the first one to go. And then slowly my team members got, got let go after that. Wow. Um, so as I was in that flux of, okay, I got to find a new job, um, you know, I, I really had to contemplate what my career was going to go at because, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I was almost 50 years old at the time. And, you know, so I'm going to work for somebody else, even if it's a small company, if it's a big company, you know, I'm going to be building somebody else's organization. And I'm kind of tired of being at the whims of, uh, executives like this. And yeah. so I started Paulson coaching and 
initially our first round of customers came from, you know, the Rolodex because we do sales and marketing consulting and leadership consulting. Um, so I had a lot of, I've, I've been in the Houston area for, gee, since 94. So going on wow. 30 years, I've been in sales for almost 30 years now. Yeah. Um, so I had a Rolodex on which to build, but uh, we started with telemarketing. Now, I had a lot of um, uh, 42, 43, 1099 cold callers, basically, wow. and found a bunch of customers that way. We were doing, you know, performing outsourced sales management services. I still have a handful of customers that I do with that with. Um, but then everything changed in the pandemic. And when people were out of the office and businesses are mm. closed down, you know, they can't be reached on the phones. And a lot of companies uh, close their doors permanently as well. So we've been trying to figure it out over the last 12 months. And we're telemarketing and even email marketing were our strong suits pre-pandemic. The world of marketing has changed a lot. And yeah. getting into this social marketing, it is a very unique formula that we are still trying to crack. We're starting to get we're starting to get ramped back up and we think we found um, our little niche, our little formula with it. So a mm -hmm. lot of our leads now are coming through LinkedIn, doing LinkedIn live videos through Paulson coaching, um, doing a lot of organic social um, and even the old way of sharing value, you know, giving out the value piece for, for yeah. lead flow, you know, download this report or, yeah. or, you know, this little freebie here that's even changed a lot. And so it, it, it's had us scratching our head quite a bit. We've gone to a lot of marketing you know, firms, um, you know, the digital marketers that are out there all over Facebook and all over LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. We've gone through a number of programs that people who say, well, we've got the new formula. Uh, it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, yeah. and what we've found, you know, is, is we've, we've actually found a little niche out here, a little segment of the market, independent consultants. Mm -hmm. um, who have done the same thing. They've gone out to the digital marketing agencies. They've generated lead flow because, you know, marketing, whether it's inside a company or whether it's a marketing service, a marketing agency, mm -hmm. they judge themselves based on the number of leads that they deliver right. and not necessarily the quality of those leads. Right. And so I work also now with a, a number of independent consultants. How do they, how do they nurture and build those leads and how do they really build a selling process once they've gotten that lead mm -hmm. and how do they develop that customer, that relationship from lead all the way through to paying customer. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what we've been able to, to do well over the last 12 months is kind of take that problem area out there in the marketplace and help other people go through it. Have you ever thought of doing like a small seminar or something where people come to pay, right? It doesn't, I mean, maybe 20 people, it doesn't have to be big. But to start something like that, that people come in and maybe learn some some things or, you know, whatever that's, you can that's, share. That's a great question. That is a, a great question. So that's kind of what's pulled us out of the outsourced sales management. Mm -hmm. Because basically, I mean, I've, I've only got so many hours in a day, just like you, yeah. right? I got the yeah. same amount of minutes, same amount of hours. And I can only have in those hours a certain number of customers. So it's not very scalable for me to work with, right. um, you know, every single organization that I could. I have, a, I have a limitation. So what we are doing to scale this is actually uh, just that. We have online training. We've got uh -huh. online live training that we're doing. We're starting to build that into uh, on-demand training as well. 
Um, and that's why we're getting more into the coaching side of things, which is really my strong suit. Um, I don't know if you can notice behind me, but I used to be a collegiate athlete. And my, yeah. my goal in college was to be a college coach. I wanted to coach track and field. Uh, but there weren't many uh, openings in 1994 when I was graduating. So I had to go into the real world and find a real job. And my first job was as a stockbroker here in Houston. Wow. And, and I've been selling ever since. That's and awesome. It, well, it's, it, it, I tell you what, the, you know, the stock market was something crazy. And, and um, if you've ever seen that movie, uh, Boiler Room, I think that was either late 90s or early 2000s. Uh, that's the kind of environment that I, I learned my sales chops in, so yeah. to speak. Um, but, you know, going back to the, you know, what I've always wanted to do was be a college coach, a track coach, and I still coach youth athletes. Oh, how fun. Um, yeah, my kids are all grown up. They're in college now. Wow. And, you know, I still work with a couple of high school athletes, some middle school athletes coaching them because, you know, that, that fills my tank. Yeah. You know, that, that just for some, that, that energizes me. And yeah. so even helping, even coaching sales professionals, you know, that I could do all day long, helping them become the best that they possibly can be, you know, getting their skills up leveled and, and applying that and really accomplishing what they are capable of accomplishing. And when I see somebody do that, you know, reach that next level and accomplish that, you know, that to me is like a big feather, you know, the proverbial feather in my cap and the yeah. badge of honor. It's like fantastic. You know, that yeah. person just did a lot better. So th that's kind of where we're going. I, I love it. I love it. So I have some, you know, random questions I'm going to ask. All right. Okay. All right. Away. All right. So one of the questions is if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it say? I could have a billboard with anything on it. What would it say? Hmm. Trust Jesus. Oh, I like that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, I, I go to Lakewood church here in Houston and, and some people don't like the big churches, but you know, that, that place changed my life. And yeah, you know, there's just, just trust Jesus. Yeah. He, Jesus got it. You know, I, I have a joke about, about God. So I get headaches often. Right. And I know it's God smacking me in the back of the head going, are you listening yet? That's why I keep getting them because apparently I'm not listening. And he quit smacking me if I'd start listening. So that that's my little inside joke on my headaches. <laughs> okay, so you, so that, that's on the front of my head. It's like, the, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. No, I get it in the back of the head. So it's like, you know. All right. So the awesome. next question is, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh, that's easy. I either want to fly or be able to jump real high. Oh, nice. Fly, or, or, or be really fast. Those, you know, those, those three things. Yeah. All right. And how would your family and friends describe you? Hmm. Family and friends. Um, determined, eh, but kind of goofy. My, my boys would tell you that, you know, I'm goofy and do, you know, do some goofy things. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of dad jokes. Um, <laughs> coworkers would tell you I'm determined. Um, you know, I've just always been determined and, and goal oriented. I, I, I don't know why, but I just, I was, I feel like I was born that way that when I get focused on a goal, it's like singular vision and everything else is like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I like that. I, I think, uh, I'm going to do my own eulogy and uh, I, cause I know people are going to think that like, I'm not dead cause 
they'll think I'm going to pop up or something. So I think it'd be funny just to have my own eulogy, do my own speech. Oh, that would be funny. Yeah. And, and I love birthday cake and helium balloons. So I'll just fill the place with all that. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I got quite the sweet tooth as well. I can't have just one piece of cake. Oh, man. I see. You. Uh, you know, I don't know if, if I should say this because I don't like want to jinx myself, but. If I'm able to on my deathbed, I want candy corn and circus peanuts. That's it. I just want to die eating oh. it because oh. I don't buy it because I have no, um, I, I won't stop. I mean, especially okay. if I buy like several bags, I literally uh, all the bags. So I just, I'm not allowed to buy it because right. I, I don't have any control over how much I eat. So, I, yeah. you know. See, that's the secret. And, and I'm the same way. Okay. Yeah. If I doesn't matter, doesn't matter what size box of whoppers or milk duds or, yeah. or licorice. I'm a black licorice guy. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't matter how much of it I have here, it's gone. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't last, it doesn't last 24 hours. And so yeah. my secret is okay, I'll, I'll, when I buy it, I buy this the single serving, yeah. or I just don't buy it at all. I, I will not buy anything more than a pint of ice cream. Yeah, because if I buy a gallon or a half gallon of ice cream or yeah. something like that, it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. I'll just find myself nibbling at it. So I got to be more <laughs> conscious in that. That's about how I am. All right. So what is your biggest challenge? Biggest challenge mm -hmm. right now? The biggest challenge is still this marketing thing. Um, and we're I feel like we're making headway and, and figuring it out and starting to get good lead flow again. Um but the biggest challenge in even inside of that um, was sifting through all of the noise, all yeah. of those marketers out there with this system and that system and the other system. And, you know, you got to do it on Facebook. You got to do it on LinkedIn. <laughs> you got to you got to have YouTube ads. You got to, you know, ditch. Uh, I just love it when people say, like on Facebook, you know, how you can build a million followers without using a paid ad. You're using a paid ad. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of noise out there and really just kind of getting through it. And, you know, even, even the, uh, the gurus out there, what I, what I love is um, I, 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 on purpose, I schedule calls with these gurus, their sales teams, because they, they are under that same illusion that uh, just because I scheduled a call with them, that somehow I've got my wallet in my hand and I'm yeah. ready to buy something. Yeah. And I just listen to their selling. And it's like, guys, I don't know what they're teaching you over there. And this, there was one organization, I won't mention, I won't yeah. mention this gentleman by name. Okay. But he, he bills himself as the greatest closer in the world. Mm -hmm. And his sales team was nothing but you know a bunch of younger, actually it was just a bunch of young guys. I don't think I've really heard any female voices in the back mm -hmm. and just, you know, trying to be all energy, energy, energy. Hey, you got to do this. You got to do this because mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, we're going to 10 X your business. And then, yeah. Yeah do you even know my name? Yeah. You know, you haven't called me by name once. Oh, I, oh I'm sorry, Mr. Paulson. You know, that's, that's awesome. But, you know, uh, I just get real excited and, you know, I've looked at your website and I think that type of coaching that you do is just so great. Like, did you really look at my website? Because it's kind of all over my website. What I, precisely what I do. And it's not a type of coaching. It's, it's sales. It's all, yeah. it's all there. It's sales. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. And it's like, all right, thank you guys. You yeah. Know? So I, I like kind of giving the, the, those sales teams a hard time because, you know, it goes to prove something that I've just kind of uh, believed for a while, which is um, they're all marketing 
you know, they're all they're all they're all talk. They're all hat and no cattle. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the ones who can't even pronounce uh, all junked up or my name. <laughs> right. And they're like, right. or or are you the owner? Uh, you should know, <laughs> I would think so. Uh, yeah. You know, I, sometimes I, I've entertained them a few or or what I'll do. I don't really entertain. Them. I just let them. I mean, they'll talk. They don't even give you a chance to say anything. And I'll let them yeah. talk. I'll just listen because I'll be usually driving or something. I'm like, whatever, uh, you know, and then, and then they'll say something and I'm like, okay, I'm not interested. Thank you. So you wasted like, I don't know, two minutes talking to me, you know? Yeah. You, and then one lady called and she asked me a question and was going, blah, 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 blah. Are you with me? I said, uh-huh. I am with you, but I'm not interested. Click. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, so so- I'm, going to, I'm going to give a free sales tip to anybody who's <laughs> listening to this if they're in sales. Okay. I, like, like I said, I started off as a stockbroker and, and what I had to do, I mean, my first day in, I was getting paid a thousand dollars a month huh. and I was studying for my series seven exam. And I had to call, I had to make 300 dials a day, make oh. sure I talked to at least 30 people a day and close three deals a day. And if I closed three deals a day, they all went to my supervising broker. Cause I still, because I wasn't licensed, I couldn't earn the commission. Right. And so, um, 30 days into it, I was ready to quit. I was like, man, this is horrible. You know, they didn't really train me to do mm-hmm. anything. They just said, get on the phone. Here's a script. Blah, 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 blah. And I was, I thought I had to sell everybody. Yeah. And, and man, that was, that was a losing proposition. And it was so defeating because I'm, I'm naturally an optimistic person. And, and, you know, people hanging up on me and saying, no, and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is horrible. I can't deal with, you know, I'm, I'm pretty determined guy, but I can't handle this. And I, I got to look for another job. Yeah. And then I found one book that changed my career. And I still remember it. I still have it here somewhere. Um, it is uh, Prospecting Your Way to Sales Success by Bill Good. Mm-hmm. And that taught me that, number one, you're not selling everybody. Right. You're looking for that customer. You're looking for, you know, that, that call it, let's just call it the needle in a haystack. I used mm-hmm. to call it a dollar bill, a hundred dollar bill in a trash can. Mm-hmm. And my job was to disqualify people as quickly as possible so I could find that hundred dollar bill. So within the first minute on the phone that we're talking, I'm going to know whether or not you are an interested candidate or not. You know, Miss Hill, my name is Scott Paulson. I I work with Paulson Coaching here. I founded Mm -hmm. it and we help small business owners like you increase their sales uh, by improving process, improving their selling skills and just making everything, you know, flow uh, smoother throughout the entire process. So let me ask you this. Are you trying to improve your sales at this point in time? And if the answer is no, say, okay, great. You know, mm. I'll try to call you back in a few months and see if, mm. if anything's changed. The answer is yes. Okay, fantastic. Would you be willing, you know, do you have 15, 20 minutes to sit through, um, you know, a phone call? If not now, then I can yeah. do something, you know, in the coming days. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to try to qualify you or disqualify you as quickly as possible. I'm going to be very polite, professional yeah. about it. Yeah. But I'm going to, I want to find those people who are interested and have the ability to do what I'm doing, you know, to and have that problem, which I'm good at solving. Yeah. Not everybody has that problem and not everybody has a problem that I can solve. Right. But if you happen to have that problem that I'm good at solving, guess what? I'm, I, I, I'm going to work for you. Yeah. Right? Well, and, and it's funny because uh, I've learned, I, I really don't want everyone as a customer, especially wow. I can tell, like you said, in the first minute or so, if it's going to be a problem, you know, if, yep. you know, I'm not going to say they're bad people, but if I see it's just, I can tell they're just that not good customers. Yeah. They're not good customers. They, yeah. 
you know, what, for whatever reason, I'm like, you know what? So either bet it's like super crazy high or usually what I do is, is just say, you know what? We are not the right company for you. You know, I, I would keep checking or whatever, that's, you know, that's right. You know, yeah. I've, I've turned down, uh, uh, customers before, um, companies, small business owners who, uh, wanted to try to negotiate the upfront fee that we had, which is very modest in the first place. You know, yeah. we're talking a couple thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And uh, and my point to them is when we were trying to build outsource sales teams, like, look, if, if you're having a problem paying 2,500 bucks mm-hmm. for me to get started building a sales team for you, you're going to have a big problem paying us the commissions that we earn two months, three months, four months down the road. Right. And I, I don't want to negotiate that with you every single time. Yeah. You know, yeah. so we're probably not a fit. Yeah. And I've had so I just had one. Uh, in fact, he, I think Thursday. You know, uh, I gave him a price, and he wanted to negotiate. And I said, "Okay, look, I can do your price if you help me load it, right? right. Because then I don't yeah. have to bring my guy." He's like, "No, I can't. I'm at work." Okay, then it's going to be this price. There you go. You know, so I've done that too. But you know, that way, some people who are a little money tight, that's fine. If I don't have to bring my guy. Um, and you're going to help me, then I have no problem doing that. See, I love that. That's what I call the yeah, but style of negotiation. Yeah. Never say no. Right. But you know, give, give me a yes, but yeah, yeah, but you know, here's what I need in return. Right. You, you, you want to give me a counter offer. Fantastic. Yeah. Here's variables that I can introduce into the equation. Let's try to work with them and come up with something. It's funny you say that. So I don't, I don't know if Houston has it, but Fort Worth, this is founded in Fort Worth. Uh, we have a, a comedy club called Four Day Weekend, and okay. they are improv, right? Uh, and they yeah. offer they offer free classes on the weekend. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe I'll learn to be funny. That's not really why I took the <laughs> class. I took it because I wanted to to uh, be better at speaking. And one uh, of the things that they have is because when you're improving, you don't want the other person to go no, but right? Because then you have nothing to go off of. Uh, so what they do is if you're doing something and then I go, yes. And right now, oh, okay. now we can go. So they have a book called uh, happy accidents. It's one of the best books I've really read because I'm a very optimistic and positive person. And I love it because it's not about no, but it's about yes. And so you take okay. your customer's issues there you go. and you go, yes. And right now it's hard to remember because I still struggle remembering. Yes. And, but <laughs> that is how they do their improv, you know? And so, um, I've only made the one class so far, but they, they teach several classes, like different kinds of classes, but it's really fascinating. So if they're not in Houston, maybe check some other comedy clubs, but yeah, um, I know there's some improvs around Houston uh, that have open mics. I, I can't remember their names, but I've seen them before. Now, this isn't open mic. This is an actual class. And oh, really? they, okay. they teach you, huh. like, for, it was really funny. One of the, the things that we did was uh, w- pretend you're rich and what's your name? All right. So if you were, if you're rich, what would your name be? <laughs> Filthy Megabucks. Okay, so like some people were like uh, Bartholomew and Theodore, you know, fancy right. names, right? They go, what's, what's your name? I said, my name's Bob. So whatever, right? <laughs> Bob can be rich too. He doesn't need a fancy name for that. 
but it was stuff like oh. that right and and it was just I mean, it was just cool, just things to learn. And it, especially if you're going to speak, I, I would definitely suggest like taking these classes. But um, it was just fascinating. It's just a different way to think. But they're not, they're not, uh, now they might, after the classes, invite you to one of their improv shows to perform with them. But, okay. You know, don't, you, you don't, don't do that for that reason. But the classes, were there just to help you be a better speaker. You know, it, it's not so much about being funny, but it is about, you know, just being more positive and, and how to continue a conversation like, yes, and, you know. Oh, very if, cool. It sounds like a very positive alternative to Toastmasters. Yeah. And, and I've or entertaining, I should say entertaining uh, alternative. Yeah, they don't count all your ands, ifs, ands, buts, whatever, because, you know. <laughs> Like Toastman, I keep dropping it. I keep, I never make the meetings, but I, I wish I could go. So I'm like, I know when I talk. I'll have to look for are, one around here. Yeah, I know when, when I talk, people are going, oh, she said and like 10 times already. And so, and you know, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's funny because like I said, I do the, um, uh, I've been doing a lot of LinkedIn lives and they give you the recorded version of it. And I started yeah. listening to the recorded version of it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. I, I had to stop doing it. I'm like, yeah. I'm critiquing myself. And you know what? I just, I don't want to be all scripted and, no. you know, I just, I just kind of want to, you know, do my thing, you know? Well, eventually the more you do it, the better you get. I mean, that's right. exactly what Toastmasters is. The only difference is they point out to you how many times you've used these crutch words. Right. So, uh -huh. you know, well, maybe a little other things, but you can do the same thing. I just figure uh, yeah. I'll learn it on the fly. You know, I'll learn how to, to be a better speaker by speaking. Well, see, that's how you become self-educated. You know, you said earlier you weren't, you know, you, you weren't educated, but you just don't have a degree. You're 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 completely educated. Yeah. You've educated yourself by that school of hard knocks. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and I had a customer the other day wanted me to measure their fence. So it wasn't a typical wooden fence. Right. Because they were going to they want me to to take some of it down. It was like a metal fence. But. I don't know how to measure the way the metal fence was. So I researched Google uh, uh -huh. how to measure a fence and it came up with an app called GeoMeasure. So okay. in this app, I click, uh, it gives you options, right? So you can manually measure or some other way or GPS. Well, obviously GPS because I got no measurement tools with me. So okay. I click on GPS, I stand there at the fence and then as I walk, it measures and you got like 15 options. So it can measure in feet and yards and stuff. So I was like super proud. They ended up having their other guys tear down the fence, but I'm like, I ain't care. I was so proud that I figured this out. You know, how am I going to measure this fence? I don't know how to do this stuff. This is not what I typically do. Uh -huh. So I figured it out, found the app, downloaded the app, measured her, but, you know, fence almost was ready to give her an estimate when she canceled. But I'm like, hey, I'm good. I don't care. Then you learn something new. Yeah. So I, I love that. You know, I love having to Excellent. think out, you know, I love the challenges, you know, yeah. I love those. That's probably my favorite part of what I do. Right. So you I know, have, that, that same. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's, that, that is probably the thing that keeps me in this, in this line of work more than anything else. I love the individual challenges that I run into with the, you know, my, my individual customers and even my small business customers, everyone mm -hmm. is so unique. Every business is so unique that it, it, it's a new challenge and a new problem to solve 
every mm-hmm. time. And, and it's never the same thing twice. There might be, you know, similar applications. There might be similar situations. But, you know, I, I don't think that I could ever just cookie cutter an approach for, you know, the rest of my career. I don't think I could ever right. just sit down and just do the same thing over and over and over again. I like yeah. that new and unique. And I kind of get that sense about you as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I have one last question. Okay. So how do you get rid of the trash in your life when it piles up? Oh my goodness. Um, oh, I, I do keep a goodwill pile. And so I've, I take stuff out to goodwill when I think, okay, look, I have no use for this. I got to get rid of it. But you know, I, I, I am, I do have a little bit of a hoarding instinct. That's where, if I think that there's some use for it, that mm-hmm. I will want to hold on to it. Well, I put that stuff in a pile in the garage and it's like, okay, when that gets annoying, I will take it to Goodwill and let mm-hmm. somebody else get some use out of it or I donate it. Um, right now, I would say I'm, I'm kind of a, I, I, I try to keep things minimal in the first place mm-hmm. um, just because my father had a sister uh, and she was a hoarder. And this is out in rural Nebraska. That's where I grew up. I grew up in Nebraska and out in rural Nebraska on their farm. It was junk and it was clutter and it was to the roof and it was, it it was just scary. And I think that kind of shocked me enough to where it's like, man, I just, I kind of don't like it when things build up. And when I get that sense of it, I I have no problem throwing it away or donating. It's very stressful and people don't realize uh, the stress or the anxiety and depression that it causes because I used to be a hoarder. I was a hoarder for like 20 years and I still like to collect and I still do. I just have to be uh, more aware of what I'm doing and what I'm collecting and what is the reason behind it? Am I going to keep it? What am I going to do with it? You know, Mm -hmm. so I have to be careful, but I still do it. So um, I, I don't think that'll, that will ever quit. Cause I love it too much. You know, I yeah. love going dumpster diving and finding stuff, man. This is my favorite. So <laughs> I'll, I'll be a multimillionaire scrapping metal and dumpster diving, you know, there you go. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that, that, you know, I, I have friends who have, who do the same thing and, um, you know, they find some of the, the, the craziest things at, at, you know, the, uh, at Goodwill. Mm-hmm. or at, um, you know, the different, uh, um, antique shops, you yeah, know, yeah. and my sister, she's, I'm not calling her a dumpster diver by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. If she mm-hmm. happens to season this, okay. Amy, you're not a dumpster yeah. diver, <laughs> but she finds value in the, in, you, you, you know, just these unique pieces of mm-hmm. furniture in the weirdest places. I don't know if you can see behind me, but this is a this is a bookcase that she found at a garage sale that some guy was just getting rid of. And I can't remember the brand of it. Um, it'll come to me, but it, she saw it and she's like, Oh, that's a, whatever, a, a, a Stegman. Yeah. And it's like, what? Yeah. And she, you know, it was all kind of tattered and she restores it. And, you know, I was looking at this cause I, I like doing some carpentry every now and then that's kind of one of my hobbies when I get enough time. And I'm looking at this, at this bookcase and the, the shelves are only about 12 inches apart, but they're about 18 inches deep. And I'm like, that's not a standard bookcase. What is yeah. up with this thing? You know, and, and come to find out that this was actually what they call a um, bookkeeper's cabinet. Oh, wow. And these were built 
early century before they started all going to metal. These were built early century for when, you know, accountants kept their ledgers in those mm-hmm. books that were about 12 inches oh, tall, yeah. about 18 inches deep. And that's all that this was. That, yeah. that, that's all it was designed for. And, and, you know, I've got books in there and it's like, well, I got to make sure the books are, you yeah. know, fit in there. And, and, yeah. uh, and I bring them up to the front, but there's like a ton of space behind. So anyway, she finds value like that in, yeah. in all these unique places. And, um, you know, I don't, that, I don't that, know. that requires an eye. I don't know if you can see it. Okay, there he is. Do you see my uh, my Tin Man? Yes. Okay, Look so that. that he he's got sardine feet. You know, sardine cans for feet. I mean, okay. this was this somebody made this, and I'm like, I I kept it because I love to build and do stuff. And I'm like, no, I want to I want to build this to make some to maybe sell. Right? Of course, I haven't yet because uh-huh. like when, but. I love the fact that somebody put this thing together is the coolest thing. It's one of my favorite things, but yeah, he's, you know, I'm like, God, he's got sardine cans for feet and like a number 10 can for his chest. And (laughs) it's just the coolest thing. So what did they use for the hat? Is that an actual like tin funnel up for the hat? Yeah. A tin funnel. Oh, wow. And then uh, that's gotta be a small one. It looks like, uh, like, um, Coke, the bottle Cokes. Right uh-huh. where you pop off the lid or a beer cap, whatever okay. for eyes, and then oh the wait, are you, are you talking like the uh, the the tabs, those little tabs? Yeah, the metal tabs that you got to pry. Okay. It could be a beer tab, uh-huh. but yeah. Um, and then I, I guess the nose is like a a cap off, maybe a WD forty can. You know, so they spray painted it all silver. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just so cool. That's the kind of that stuff is. I love. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, and then, like, I found that disco pig. I had the disco ball, but above me, and then I got the disco pig. And I'm like, man, you gotta have a disco pig in your life. You just wow, gotta. So some wow. stuff like that, you know, my disco son. Pig. <laughs> yeah, my son is like, what am I gonna do with all this? I said, I don't care what you do with it. I'll be dead. Burn it, sell it. I don't care. Donate it. Whatever. <laughs> it's your problem. <laughs> he hates oh, that. that. He hates stuff. it. Yeah. So I got lots of stuff like that that I love, but. Yeah, I just find neat stuff. That is but, so cool. Um, that would definitely that 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 uh, Tin Man would definitely go well in my sister's shop. She has a shop. Yeah, I'm going to give her a shameless plug here. She has a shop up in Carson, Iowa, which is about 22 miles east of Omaha. It's called Amy's Attic. Go visit it. She's got great stuff. Sweet, sweet. Well, also leave your contact info for our audience to get in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, visit me on LinkedIn, Scott Paulson, and I have a business page here, Paulson Coaching, uh, paulsoncoaching.com, and um, all the contact information's there. Look, I love talking about all things sales, how to make sales better, how to help salespeople, because, man, I was one of those struggling guys for so long, and when I found that right book that, you know, like I said, 30 days in, changed my career, and from then on, I became that that ever, that ever learning selling student or student of sales. And so I've got, like I said, I've got nearly 30 years, you know, this is 28 years I've been doing this now. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ending my third decade, heading into my fourth decade of this. And I've probably seen it, experienced it, done it, witnessed it, or, you know, kept people from doing it. So I'm more than happy to help sales professionals and small businesses be as successful as they possibly can be when it comes to their selling activities. That's I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. We appreciate you, Scott. Uh, hey, thanks for story. having me. It has been a joy. It has it's been a been true awesome. joy. All right. 
And to our audience, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And uh, we will see you next time. And y'all have an awesome day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. We sure do appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get notified as new episodes become available. And remember, it's just junk and you can get rid of it.